Disclaimer, the views and opinions and content expressed on this podcast is informational only, not a substitute for seeking a medical professional for your medical care and treatment. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is Shafan Holiday, the host of Help Me Holiday uh, podcast. I am alone today. I do not have my co-host. However, I will be finishing up our topic this week on COVID-19. This is finishing up our podcast covering uh, respiratory illnesses, and we're going to end it with the COVID-19 virus. So what's the definition? COVID-19 stands for coronavirus. It's a disease that came out in 2019, uh, a virus that is called SARS-CoV-2. Uh, this, this virus first appeared in late 2019, giving it the name the novel coronavirus. Some of the symptoms that we've seen with coronavirus, they usually start within four to five days after a person is infected with the virus. Sometimes two weeks, it, it'll take about two weeks for the symptoms to appear. But most people will say they're having fever, cough, trouble breathing, feeling tired, shaking, chills, muscle aches, headaches, sore throat, runny, stuffy nose, problems with smell or taste. They may even have some stomach problems, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and even skin rash. We typically will tell people to seek treatment depending on your symptoms. We also look at your age. We ask you if you have any underlying health issues like diabetes, hypertension. If you have the need for oxygenation because your breathing is very shallow or difficult. If you have heart disease, if you have kidney disease, uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, sickle cell disease, obesity is even a, risk factor that we look for, what could cause you a lot of complications if you get COVID and you're overweight. We do look at that. HIV, asthma, cystic fibrosis, high blood pressure, and the list goes on and on. Uh, How is COVID spread? Person to person, with coughing, sneezing, talking. There's tiny particles that passes from the infected person's lungs and the airways. The particles travel through the air to other people who are nearby. Is there a test for COVID-19? Yes, there is. We do a swab. We swab the around the upper uh, inside of the nose area, and uh, it's a molecular test where we're looking for genetic material from the virus. This is called the nucleic acid test. These tests are the best. They can detect small amounts of the virus in the body. There's also an antigen, uh, antigen test. It's not as accurate, but it gives more false positive results. This is great when you need a result quickly um, when you're uh, traveling. Blood tests can show if a person had COVID in the past. This is called an antibody test. And also we ask, can COVID the questions asked is, can COVID be pre- prevented? No, it's a virus. 
but the best prevention from serious illness is taking vaccines, washing your hands, wearing masks, social distancing, staying safe when traveling. And uh, how was COVID treated? We treat it depending on your symptoms, mild, moderate, and severe. So that's a brief and dirty um, information session on COVID and what I'm gonna pretty much cover today. I'm gonna talk more so not about people who are mild with mild disease and symptoms. Uh, I wanna focus more on patients who actually have to go to the hospital to seek treatment and to be hospitalized because they're having very, very uh, serious complications from the COVID infection. So uh, when do we advise people to come to the hospital? We advise them to come to the hospital and seek treatment if they are having problems with their breathing. If their oxygenation saturation levels are less than 95 or even less than 90. Uh, we ask them to come if they are they feeling worse with fatigue, they are having difficulty keeping food down, they're throwing up, they're dehydrated. Um, once these patients are in the hospital, we normally check different lab results for these patients. We do uh, CBC, uh, CMP, CPK, CRPs, these are um, Lab, lab tests that we do to check blood counts, to see if you're anemic, to see if you're dehydrated, to look at your kidney function, to look at your white blood cell count, to see if you have an active infection going on. We also look at a PT, PTT, fibrinogen. Those are uh, lab results that tell us if you're having problems with your clotting, blood clotting problems. We do a D-dimer. It's an indication to let us know if there may be a problem with a blood clot formation as well. Um, we do, uh, we check troponins, which are uh, uh, indicators to tell us if the heart muscle is having issues uh, or releasing this level. We do EKGs um, to look at your baseline heart activity. We also check for hepatitis B, hepatitis C, HIV, uh, we do chest x-rays, we do echocardiograms, once again, um, especially if your troponins are increased because we want to look and see what the heart muscle is doing and how the heart is functioning, the heart valves. We do blood cultures um, if bacterial infection is suspected, and we do a, a test called a procalcitonin, and it's just, it's, we use this to, to look for the risk of secondary infections that may be causing uh, your symptoms. Uh, also, during hospitalization, uh, with our patients, we typically will uh, have patients treated um, with empiric medication, what we call empiric treatment for the influenza virus. Uh, if you do have the flu on top of your COVID, we'll give you a, a flu shot. We also treat you for bacterial pneumonia. Normally, we don't treat for bacterial pneumonia. However, when you have COVID, uh, it will uh, uh, increase and make it more difficult for your breathing. So we will treat uh, you as though you have a, uh, a community-acquired pneumonia, and we will give you antibiotics. 
We also give um, medications for uh, blood clots, prophylaxis. Uh, we will give either Lovenox or heparin uh, in your uh, tissue or in your I, uh, in, or inject it through your IV or into your, uh, uh, in your arm area. And once again, this is blood for, to prevent blood clots as a prophylaxis treatment. We also give um, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medications um, to help reduce fevers. If you're having a fever, uh, we acetaminophens are preferred. We also give nebulized uh, medications uh, like uh, 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 albuterol. We typically won't do the uh, spray when the person is in the hospital. We'll give them where they use a, a meter dose, where they give themselves uh, the puffs by, uh, because of the spread of the, the virus. We try to limit that by doing uh, the inhalers. Um, specific treatment for the COVID-19 virus, once again, is based on how severe your symptoms are. The worse you are, the more um, the, the drugs that we give are more targeted and they're uh, used to help slow down the replication of the virus. We use steroids a lot, dexamethasone, um, in combination with medications that help uh, slow down the replication of the virus. Uh, one is uh, called Tokli, Zumab, uh, or Veras. Cetamide, and we also can use remdesivir. These are drugs that have been used uh, throughout the course of this pandemic that have been found to actually um, slow down the, the uh, replication of that virus and uh, help patients to recover quicker. We also uh, encourage people to definitely uh, if you're in the hospital and those treatments aren't being effective sometimes we have to actually put patients on uh, a ventilation a mechanical ventilator to help them breathe easier also uh, another procedure called ECMO this is for patients that's in the critical care area when the virus have really attacked their lungs and they're unable to breathe on their own. They're on these type of uh, mechanical uh, uh, devices to help them breathe. So we, we do give heavy duty therapies. Uh, we also have given covalescent plasma in the past um, as a therapy, uh, as well as the antiviral medications and some um, immunomodulator medications that's on the market. Um, these are medications that are used for patients that are hospitalized. So if you have progressed or the COVID has uh, seriously deterior deteriorated your breathing and you've had a lot of uh, difficulty with your uh, breathing, these are the heavy-duty medications that will be used. Um, once patients have recovered, we typically will ask them to 
we highly encourage them to get the COVID-19 vaccines that's on the market. So I am going to cover some, uh, some of the COVID vaccine uh, vaccines that's out there. First of all, let's just quickly talk about the, what is a vaccine. Uh, vaccines are a way to prevent certain serious or deadly infections. And when a person gets a vaccine, this is called vaccination or immunization. So how do vaccines work? Vaccines work like this. When you get an infection, a germ such as a bacterial or virus get into your body. It multiplies, make copies of itself, and attacks your body, making you sick. Your immune system or the infection fighting cells in your body recognizes that the germ should not be there and begin to make proteins called antibodies to fight the germs. Vaccines work by causing your body to make antibodies. So your body don't have to wait to be infected with a germ to build up your antibodies. The vaccines prepare your immune system to fight off germs. If you come into contact with them in the future, the vaccines will actually do the job of fighting that germ. So how do the COVID vaccine work in particular? Well, there's multiple COVID-19 vaccines that have been developed. They work in slightly different ways, but all of these vaccines have been found to work very well in preventing serious illness and death from COVID-19. Um, so briefly, I'll talk about the three different types of uh, vaccines that's on the market right now. There is a vaccine called a M RNA vaccine. This was, uh, this is uh, developed by Pfizer and Moderna. Both of these uh, drug companies have made a vaccine called the mRNA vaccine. Uh, you have, uh, if you've had these vaccines, you, you know that most of the people who have chosen these vaccines have said, hey, I've gotten the Pfizer vaccine, I've got Moderna. So both of these drug companies have used genetic material from the virus that causes COVID-19 to make this vaccine. It gives the body instructions. This is how this vaccine works. It gives the body instructions to make a specific piece of protein that is normally found on the virus. In response, the immune system then makes antibodies that can recognize and attack the virus in the future. Uh, Moderna and Pfizer recommend that you get two doses given three to four weeks apart. Um, experts, however, recommend a third dose in people with weak immune systems four weeks after the second dose. There's also a vaccine that's called a vector vaccine, vector, vector. This is the vaccine that Johnson & Johnson created. And this is called the one and done dose. That's what it was referred to when it came out on the market, one and done. So this vaccine contains a weakened version of a different virus called adenovirus, okay? This virus doesn't make you sick, but acts as a vector or a way to deliver instructions to all the cells in your body. 
these instructions tell your body to make the protein normally found on the virus that causes COVID-19. Then your immune system makes the antibodies that can recognize it and attack the virus in the future. So with the one and done uh, Johnson & Johnson vaccine, uh, people had opted to use that one when it came out. They took it. Uh, it did not have as high of an effective rate as Johnson and um, as I'm sorry, Moderna and Pfizer. Pfizer and Moderna had 94, 95 uh, 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 efficacy for uh, attacking the virus and uh, weakening the virus whereas Johnson & Johnson was around 60-65%. But it appealed to a lot of people because a lot of people did not want to have multiple uh, vaccinations. They wanted to just have one vaccination. So uh, with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, uh, it does not contain the infectious SARS-CoV-2 uh, virus like the other two, um, but they do uh, they do at least uh, help the body uh, be able to still attack the virus once it, it is exposed in your body because of the antibodies that it's made. So uh, a lot of people have misconceptions about these vaccines. They believe that um, they won't they won't take the vaccines because they feel like it's gonna change your DNA, when in fact, that's not the case. That's not how these vaccines have been made as I explained to you earlier. So what are some frequently asked questions concerning the vaccines? A lot of people have asked, is it still possible to get COVID even after being vaccinated? And the answer to that is yes people can still spread the virus. Um, another question is, does the vaccine cause side effects? And the, some of the common side effects uh, when you're getting vaccines are basically pain at the injection site, fever, you may feel a little tired, you may have headaches, uh, rare reports, severe allergic reactions, maybe blood clots, myocarditis, which is an inflammation of the heart muscle, Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is severe muscle weakness, but these are very, very rare. Uh, can I get COVID-19 from the vaccine? Of course, that is a no. You cannot get COVID-19 from the vaccine. That's not how it's, um, it's been manufactured. How do I know if the vaccine is safe? Well, there's a lot of clinical trials that's been done and studies that's been published with over uh, hundreds of thousands of, of people who participated in the trials uh, prior to this vaccine being distributed uh, nationwide. Do I still need the vaccine after I had COVID? Yes. Even though you develop antibodies after having COVID, it's not known exactly how long your antibodies will last. So therefore, you hear the scientists telling us that we will need extra booster shots. And now with so many different variants, there's definitely, this definitely
gives the um, the the reasons for additional booster shots. So, how much is the cost for the vaccine? Well, it's free in the United States, um, and if uh, you know, if anybody tells you there's a charge, then you should you know uh, probably reach out to the health department or the CDC. Um, but these shots are, these vaccines are free. Can children get the vaccine? Well, that depends on the age, but currently um, any, kid, any child um, over the age of five have been, um, there are studies where these kids are able to get these different vaccines. Uh, under five, we just, I, I believe Pfizer just came out with uh, a dose that's uh, uh, recommended for children. And uh, you would just have to uh, get the latest information um, from the CDC as far as uh, the dosage goes for children under five. So, and can I get the vaccine if I'm pregnant? Yes, that's, you definitely can get the vaccine if you're pregnant. And what if I have more questions? You can all, always go to the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention, which I've mentioned a couple of times, the CDC. Um, okay, and lastly, what I wanna talk about as far as the COVID vaccines, vaccinations. Uh, I mentioned just a few seconds ago that because of the variants that's out there with the Delta, the Omicron, this virus mutates and changes, and this is part of the reason why even if you're vaccinated, you can get reinfected. And for that reason, uh, CDC has recommended that we get booster shots. So why do we need them? Boosters are given as a way to remind the immune system how to protect against a specific infection. Boosters for COVID-19 by Pfizer and Moderna are given five months after the second dose. Boosters from Johnson & Johnson, I'm sorry, uh, boosters for the COVID vaccine by Johnson & Johnson, they're given two months after your, uh, your first initial dose. And once again, why should I get vaccinated for COVID-19? It lowers your chances of getting infected and it reduces serious illnesses and hospitalizations. And uh, do these vaccines work against different variants? Viruses constantly change or mutate. When this happens, a new strand or variant can form. New variants don't change the way the virus works. But when a variant, I'm sorry, but when the variant occurs, the, uh, the important part of the virus, it can act differently, causing um, the vaccines uh, to, you know, not be as strong. However, they can still do the job of lowering and weakening that germ, okay? And also, the, the vaccines are known from keeping us from having serious illnesses and hospitalizations. So even if you were to get exposed to COVID post-vaccination, 
your chances of being hospitalized have reduced to very low odds. That's not to say that you can't be hospitalized, but that is to say that with the vaccines, you are given a layer of protection that you would not have had if you were not vaccinated. COVID-19 is a ongoing change in virus and with so many different variants out there that's still being discovered throughout the country, the best thing that we can do as a as healthcare workers is to educate patients, uh, the community, about how to protect yourself. The best ways to do that. And as myself personally, I just was recently exposed to COVID while I was on a cruise ship on vacation. I had never been exposed to this virus. However, I was fully vaccinated with Pfizer. I've had my vaccines, including my booster. I still contracted the virus. Um, my symptoms included headaches. I lost my taste. And uh, I actually was very, I felt very weak. I was never short of breath, but I did have a cough. Luckily for me, my symptoms lasted maybe about four or five days. I was able to take the uh, antiviral tablet, um, Paxlovid, which actually did gave me a turnaround just as quick as I could blink my eyes. I felt, you know, stronger within 24 hours, 24, 48 hours. Um, however, I believe I was at the end of my mild illness, my symptoms by the time I did take the antiviral tablet. However, having the booster prior to my exposure, I believe saved me a lot of stress on my body and unknown damage that this virus have been doing to people who was actually um, caused symptoms that they can't recover from. And those are long haulers, people who have long-term complications from this virus. Uh, these people have said that they have problems with blood clots, they are on blood thinners, they have to take inhalers because their lungs were damaged so bad from the disease. They are sometimes having to use oxygen because of their shortness of breath and not being able to have the endurance that they've had prior to having COVID. So um, I don't believe that, you know, opting out of vaccinations is a, uh, a very prudent thing to do. However, you know, as a healthcare worker, I can only share my experiences say what I've seen in my day-to-day uh, -day, um, work in my workplace with patients who have been who have contracted COVID and were not vaccinated and I can only you know give you the information and the data and the facts that's out there about the vaccines so
I hope that this session on COVID was very helpful. I hope that um, you can take something from that, this and use it in a educated way. And if you still have questions or concerns, please reach out to your uh, healthcare provider. If you do not have one, you can always reach out to me on my social media platforms. I thank you for joining me again and taking this time to listen to my podcast. Thank you and have a very great day. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this content, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Help Me Holiday on our social media platforms or email me with questions at helpmeholiday at gmail.com.